0: Hello there and welcome to CIO UK Leadership Live, where I'm joined by Laura Burns, the CDO at the Scouts. Laura, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hi, it's lovely to be with you. Nice to see you again. Right,
0: that's it. So today we're going to be speaking about digital transformation at the Scouts, going digital first with members and volunteers. We're going to look at some of your diversity work and the menopause policy you've introduced. And towards the end, if we get time, we're going to try and get under the skin, if you like, of Who is Lara Burns really beyond the CDO um, as we see you today? For a brief introduction, um, Lara is the CDO at the Scouts, where she leads digital transformation strategy across an organisation with 150,000 volunteers and a network of 8,500 local groups, all empowering um, up to, I believe, nearly half a million young people to get skills for life. Now, prior to the Scouts, uh, Lara spent 25 years in digital innovation roles and the last decade in uh, charity roles, including most recently as CDTO, I believe, at Age UK prior to joining the Scouts in 2019. So Lara, great to have you here. And I think we're going to dive into some interesting areas, some of your uh, challenges, where you're going next as an organisation as well. But I've given a very brief overview there of your background just give us a bit more context on your role your remit and perhaps also a bit more background on the scouts for those that aren't aware of the organization and maybe something a fact or something that people aren't aware of what the organization does Wow,
1: well, I can't believe that anyone hasn't heard of the scouts um I, I quite often get people who go oh you mean the boy scouts and I'm going no no it's the scouts it's, it's had girls in it for quite a few years um, um but yeah, I mean, I think I think most people are hopefully aware of the Scouts, even if people haven't been part of the Scouts. I was never in the Scouts, although so my stepson went to the Scouts for a few years. Um, you know, it's a, a national organisation that started in the UK over 100 years ago, but it's an international organisation. So it's the biggest youth uh, organisation globally. Um, I don't know the overall numbers, but there's an amazing amount of young people that are involved with Scouts. And I think really critical uh, is our... Mission in the UK to uh, prepare people with skills for life, um, and I think um, you know that that's always relevant, but I think never more so. Kind of coming out of the camp pandemic, when a lot of young people, um, you know, really suffered uh, with mental illness, for instance. And you know, the whole point about Scouts is it's about learning skills, for instance, things like teamwork, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily get through formal school education. Um, and you know, I just think it's so critical what we can give to young people today. Um, so what something that you you might not know if you know the Scouts is uh, actually last year we uh, opened a new section called the Squirrels, which is aimed at four and five-year-olds. So they're all dressed in really cool little orange jumpers. Um, And again, you know, that's really important to us because this is about, you know, four and five uh, years old is a really formative time in a a child's life. And so, again, for us to be able to start bringing some of the skills that we can at that age is really important.
0: Yeah. And what about your role then? What's your kind of remit responsibilities?
1: yeah so it's pretty wide uh it's really the digital transformation of the scouts so sort of the strategic elements of of our strategy anything that uh enables the rest of our strategy from a digital technology point of view um but it's also all the kind of bau uh day-to-day operational side of the technology that kind of keeps us going so yeah it's a pretty, pretty wide remit
0: yeah fantastic now laura we, we're coming off the back of three interesting years is perhaps the best way of putting it with the covid pandemic cost of living pressures now uh, recession how has that impacted you as an organization and, and your role because i think it's quite interesting actually in i believe I was reading it in your ci 100 submission that actually membership is is growing Also, you mentioned that the squirrels have been introduced as well as a new um yeah, a new group as well so how, how have you seen all that unpack really against the organization and what's it meant for your role
1: yeah so i mean everyone's got their own pandemic story to tell haven't they and and you know every organisation both reacted differently and and has come out of it differently i think the inter- the really interesting thing particularly with a digital hat on for scouts is everything about scouts is about trying to get young people outside on adventures away from computers and digital for things and phones so um, you know, you would think as an organization like that, like how how is digital relevant um, and actually what was really interesting, uh, really early on in the pandemic is we basically took to zoom so that was mainly locally with local leaders going, what the hell are we going to do, how are we going to meet with young people where we can't go out of the house and started to to work on Zoom Um, and we kind of heard about it and I I just reached out to someone that I'd met at a conference actually um, who happened to be quite senior at Zoom in the UK and said is there any way that you could help us out so we actually had an amazing pro bono partnership with Zoom which goes on today so it's actually lasted you know nearly three years now where uh, they provided us licenses and so what happened is that actually so many um, volunteer leaders across the country ended up going on zoom and continuing scouting using digital so it was kind of kind of saved us basically because otherwise potentially people wouldn't have done scouting at all for quite a long time so really important from a brand point of view from an awareness point of view kept us alive you know there's so many great stories about uh, young people saying how it met you know made a massive difference to their life at the time you know literally kept them going um keeping them in touch with friends um and you know that that really helped from our digital strategy point of view because you know we went from talking to people about digital and it's like well how's that relevant to Scouts we don't need digital we're outside you know to suddenly going oh yeah it, it does make a difference it can make a difference and so I think it, it's that massive kind of flip in people's mind where where digital suddenly was quite relevant so so it's really helped from that point of view and I think the other thing that was really important to us is, know, scouting. One of our kind of mottos is "give it a go," and actually, that that really talks to what digital's about. And I always say that it's like, let's just have a go. Let's see if we can test something. See if we can create an MVP, whatever it is, and let's just see see what happens. Um, So, again, getting into that mentality that already exists within scouts, but doing it with digital stuff really, really helped us. So, that's that's kind of been one of the great things about what's happened over the last couple of years. but, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we've now had to kind of get back to basics, get back with the, the kind of core work that we need to do um, in order to move forwards. And the challenge for us is, as you said, you know, we've had lots of young people joining us, you know, lots of new people um, but our challenge is supporting volunteers because volunteers are the lifeblood of the organisation. They deliver scouting on a Tuesday night in a in a chilly scout hut and, uh, you know, without them, we can't offer more places to young people. So for us, what we call transforming the volunteer experience and the digital elements within that are really, really vital for us to move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I want to come on to the volunteers in a moment in terms of how you're empowering them and, and using digital really as another um, channel, I guess, to to engage with them. But just talk me through the, the digital strategy. You mentioned it just there. Um, I believe it's uh, you know as a, as an overarching theme, it's looking about providing the foundations for a better volunteer experience, um, making scouts more kind of easier, empowering, more enjoyable. Um, and obviously the idea is to recover from from the impact of covid so what is we'll come on to what that strategy means in terms of delivery but this what's what are you trying to achieve? what's the vision with the strategy as a whole?
1: Yeah, the vision is really um enabling the rest of the strategy, and I know that sounds really simple, but I think often people kind of think a digital strategy should be something different, something kind of oh yeah, we're gonna use all the cool whizzy stuff I mean that might come into it, but like if you're not here to basically enable your organization using digital technology, then I don't really understand what people are doing. So it's fairly basic, but that's what it is. Um, but within that, I guess, uh, you know, when I'm talking about enabling the organization, that's not just about putting new systems in. It's not about, you know, doing stuff with the website It's also about enabling um, ways of working and skills and confidence. In digital. So that's really, really important for me. So, one of the the things that we talk about in our strategy um, uh, is digital is a state of mind uh it impacts the way we think work and act and for me that's really important and so when people sort of talk to you about well what is digital you know for me it is much more than it's not just about technology it is about that state of mind and trying to explain to people but but then turn that into okay what does that look like for me in my role that's also really really important to us and it's a really core part of our strategy
0: yeah. I want to come on to the delivery aspects in a second, but just on that, staying on that state of mind, I think it's really interesting. We obviously heard a lot, uh, especially through COVID, of digital finally, or well, IT, kind of making it to the top table. There finally been some realisation of how technology enabled the organisation to, to do what it, it meant to do or means to do. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that at the Scouts? I mean, it sounds like it through Zoom, that kind of example you just gave there, but did you finally see some kind of recognition of, this, I guess, the age old thing of IT being in the back room somewhere as a kind of, uh, as, a, as a cost center to actually um, IT and, and digital can kind of actually help the organisation achieve, achieve its actual objectives?
1: I don't think it was a massive switch, to be honest, in the pandemic because I'm really, I mean, that's partly why I joined the Scouts is is actually uh, I'm part of a, a kind of very forward-looking Uh, leadership in the organization so I think they were already there in terms of digital's got got to make a difference digital is really critical Um, what changed is as I said I think the attitude from volunteers in terms of where the path is which helps with the change Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah more broadly I think we were already there in a lot of ways. I mean, I joined six months before the pandemic. So I had already started to do the work on this is the strategy. This is why it's important. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a change, but it was it certainly helped.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you mentioned the strategy there. How did that translate into delivery? What kind of programs have come off the off the back of it? I know you've got these kind of free transformation programs, I believe, that mm-hmm. uh, I think are ongoing. But how, how did that kind of translate from here's my vision? digital in the organization to actually here's what we're going to deliver for our members for our volunteers
1: yeah that's a really good question um I don't actually know how I I can't even remember going back to how I translated the strategy into programs I think my background is a project manager so I think I just naturally go okay that's the big thing and then I break it down into what are the steps towards that big thing what does that look like so I guess it's just classic. you know sort of breaking it down into into deliverable chunks mm-hmm. that that make sense into a into a bigger roadmap. Um, I mean, you know, there's always things that just happen where you have to you have to do stuff. So for instance, we had a membership system, which is what we use to manage all our, our volunteers. Um, where the technology has become clunky, it's not particularly intuitive, uh, people don't really like using it, so we don't get great usage. Um, you know, various aspects of the commercial partnership were, were not something that we were particularly happy with. So, you know, that was kind of an obvious thing to tackle as part of this. Um, and, and so sort of re uh, redeveloping the whole membership system is really critical. Again. Um, Part of the program uh, really did come out of the pandemic, which is to create a new learning system, um, a learning experience platform. Uh, you know, previously, most of the training that we gave to volunteers was face to face obviously, during the pandemic, we couldn't do it face to face. So we put together, you know, some not great, frankly, um, videos and online learning. Um, but that really sort of demonstrated the need to go, okay, we actually need people to, to go through a learning journey for it to be really intuitive, to be using modern, you know, ways of, of learning so that, you know, you've got peer to peer learning and cohorts and things like that. Um, so, so some of these things kind of dropped out. But kind of really obvious when you think think about them but they form some of our really big projects that we're working on at the moment and you know they're they're big chunky tricky digital system projects they they are not easy by any by any means so 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 some of those projects were really obvious and then again I mentioned digital skills earlier
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: my belief is there's no point in us spending a lot of money and resources and time on these big systems if you haven't um if you're not equipping people with skills and confidence along the way so again that seemed like an obvious part to going alongside the new system stuff so that sounds very chaotic in the way that it was planned I'm sure it was much more logical and, and thought through but um, sometimes it's just obvious what you need to do I don't know
0: yeah I want to come on uh, later to the skills piece in a moment I know you did some yeah. interesting work with the likes of, of nominate but um, just on the project side it's curious um, you've mentioned obviously a couple there but Obviously, right now, we're kind of going through a, you know some pretty difficult times, not least in terms of where the economy is. Are you having to, as an organisation, get quite lean in terms of prioritisation? What projects should go first? Which ones need to be put on the back burner?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we've always done that. Um, you know, we're a charity. We don't have loads and loads of money. I've never had budgets that are, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, I've never had budgets which are you know massive never had budgets which are easy to come by so every single project every single budget is is fairly hard won by mm-hmm. um so I would say that uh you know we're we're not really different from how we've been before, probably to some extent, you know, I'm sure in the coming months we we might well have to be. Um, but again, I think I've been really lucky in the last few years where it's been really clear that the work that we're doing is really critical. And so I have got good support for the investment um, mm. in these big programs of work. Yeah. Um, but for sure, you know, I, I think, prioritization and not always doing every single thing that everyone wants to do is something that we're going to have to look at but I guess the other side of it is often digital is much more efficient so you know yes you have to invest initially but actually you know you're you're then saving time people's people's time you know in other ways which is actually then giving you, you bonuses from that point of view.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, just as it's too, too early to say really what kind of projects that you're kind of pushing for at the moment and those that are on the on the backbone. I know there's been some interesting reports, for example, recently even the likes of Gartner and, and Harvey Nash, you know, suggesting that whilst you know investment in digital is growing, you know, some of the perhaps more fledgling technologies, when they look at you know, RPA, you know, machine learning and AI, they're kind of not being shelved, but they're being, you know, certainly postponed for some time.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, those aren't really part of our strategy at the moment. You know, we're focusing on some fairly foundational stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd love to be doing some sort of really cool innovation uh, hub type work. But yeah, that's definitely the stuff that we can't can't really spare the time. It's not so much where we would potentially spend money, but we can't even spare the resources and the time to do the sort of creative thinking and innovation around what might that look like for us because
0: yeah um brilliant so Laura talk me through you mentioned about digital mindset I think and certainly that came through in your co100 submissions and you've got this partnership with we've nominated just talk us through that that work what that's entailed and what you're trying to achieve with that
1: Yeah so we've been working in Normanet over the last couple of years and this is really focused actually on the digital skills and confidence for our volunteers so you know as you mentioned you've got about 150,000 volunteers um, that create you know scouting on the ground Um, and as we roll out these systems if they can't use them and as we found with Zoom you know in In lockdown you know some people are great and they just get on with it and they have a little go and they kind of figure things out but other people were really scared like we had people who wanted to use it um so the motivation is there but they just find it really terrifying you know which button do I press? how do I do this how do I do that how do I make sure it's secure and safe I'm really freaked out so so that's really important you know a lot of our volunteers are, are probably more in their the older age groups, you know, sort of tend to be people with maybe a bit more time or, or whatever. Um, so maybe less confident with digital. So part of this is we've created a tool which is actually a kind of digital assessment tool really. So it's, it's a, a very intuitive journey, but it basically, and it's not just a survey, but it mm-hmm. takes you through uh, asking you questions about how confident you feel doing various tasks Um, and you know it's based on the government digital skills framework but what we felt we needed was to tailor that a little bit more to the experience of volunteers so it's actually looking at things that they need to do as a volunteer Um, whereas the government digital skills framework is much more about being a digital citizen so for instance you know when you're thinking about how confident you're about social media there, it, you know it's getting people to think about you know could you use social think about social media for fundraising for your local group or could you think about how you might use it to talk to parents to talk to them about upcoming events are you aware of how you might deal with um uh, you know sort of safeguarding concerns if you know i don't know if you're putting pictures up of young people in the group have you thought about stuff like have you got permission to use their photos All of those things, which, you know, if you're a new volunteer, you come into scouting because you love working with young people. It doesn't necessarily follow that you know how to use these things. But actually, if you can use social media in the right way, it could really make a difference. So it's sort of taking people through a journey in this tool to assess where they're at and then start to point them at resources that they can start to use to to basically learn more. Cool. Um, so it's fairly simple. Um, we're, we're just in the sort of second stage of pushing out the, the prototype the out the alpha and, and testing it. Um, it also has a di- digital champion model within it which is really important. We know from the wider digital scales. Uh, across the country that's that's kind of what works so you know having someone that talks to you and helps you through your journey um, so again you know and that works very well with the way scouting works anyway so we're using that model um, and again it helps with the digital tool because obviously you've got national you know you don't have to have someone down the road helping you you could just create um you know a relationship online and get their support so you know we're in testing with that It really really exciting um, kind of need to see see how it goes really i think the one challenge for us on that is which is a classic with digital which is how do you reach the people who aren't online at all with an online tool yes uh and that's the bit that we still need to figure out
0: yeah no some great comments there and actually that yeah that whole piece about digital inclusion remains uh a big challenge isn't it today i know government is, is perhaps arguably a bit behind on the on where they need to be at this moment in time but the digital champion comments i think we've seen certainly over the last couple of years that be so powerful doesn't yeah. matter if you're a private sector third sector um public sector too actually i think public sector we saw some great examples of, of that being used um to to really educate people on the potential of digital and, and how they could get up to speed um i want to come on to diversity um and then we'll come on to perhaps to the menopause policy that i think you've kind of helped you know introduce but I guess to play devil's advocate and i've been a former scout so i kind of know uh, that world and, and i think i've benefited from it but yeah. i guess some might say you know scouts is a wonderful association but historically it's been um mainly white middle-class boys so how do you shift those perceptions but not only perceptions but actually what you see you know, in terms of encouraging people from different social economic backgrounds um you know we, we see more women or young girls come in um we see different um, ethnicities come in as well but also how does that translate to your own team as well because i know you've been doing some work to try and again uh, another age-old problem but how do we make it more representative really of what we see in society
1: yeah it is something that's really really important to scouts as a whole and you're right i i, I wouldn't I don't think it's necessarily seen as just male now, but <clears throat> you might be right. Um, we've got a lot of girls um, in, in scouts now, um, and I certainly don't think it's probably just a middle class thing. Um, I mean, actually, if you look at the cost of scouting compared to, I don't know, even football, mm-hmm. swimming lessons, um, you know, karate lessons, all sorts of things that that parents put in kids into scouting is is pretty low I mean it's unbelievably low so hopefully that does mean that um from that point of view it it's open but we're doing a lot of work on on that and also our um ethnic diversity at the moment you know we are too white and uh we are really pushing hard particularly in the new things that we're doing so squirrels for instance um We have, um, we're not just opening squirrels everywhere. We are actually focusing on opening new squirrels groups in areas that are much more ethnically diverse or in areas which are in um, lower, uh, basically poorer, lower economic, socioeconomic um, um, areas. So, So, because we do really believe that a, you know, scouting needs to represent the communities in which we live. But B, also scouting can make a massive difference to the outcomes for young people. And, you know, there's some great examples. I mean, Dwayne Fields, uh, who's a sort of adventurer, um, you know, sort of came from, uh, you know, kind of a fairly poor background in London. He's a great advocate. He's one of our our sort of advocates of scouting. Um, And, and, you know, he's got an amazing story about uh, how it gave to him and the difference that it made in, you know, where he's ended up today so you know we we know that it makes a difference and we're working really hard on, on that at the moment in in the way that we're sort of pushing out squirrels particularly um, so that's scouts as a whole and you know it is something that i'm really passionate about um, i think particularly if you lead a digital team and you're a lot of what you're doing is about stretching boundaries about do, doing New things about designing uh, with your users, um, you know, about designing and thinking differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can do that if you don't have a diverse team. <laughs> and div- diversity means diversity of thought. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking about it with someone else today, actually. And I, th- I think, you know, there's diversity in, in obvious things like ethnicity, which is really important. It's like what you see but obviously there's lots of other areas of diversity which is also about you know stuff that you can't see um so you know whether that's you know sort of sexuality or um or you know mental illness or health issues or neurodiversity you know all of those are really important and and for me part of our values at scouting are about being inclusive. you know that's part of like who we are so it, it shouldn't it shouldn't need to be called out, but it, but it does. Um, but I do think it's really important that if you're trying to design new, difficult, complex things or solve difficult problems with technology, if you do not have a diverse group of people with both diversity of thinking, diversity of background, diversity of, of lived experience, you are not going to be able to have the kind of creativity and problem-solving that, that that you should get you know and that's why i am really really passionate about about trying to really push that forward in our team
0: yeah that's some great comments and actually the thing that i, I the comments that we stick with me on this topic is um well A, as you say as we move forward to, to new technologies machine AI in particular mm-hmm. it's even more critical that we ha- have the right people around the room um to avoid that kind of bias creeping in but also I think and I heard this yesterday actually at BCS event I've heard it a few times which is we you know diverse teams are the best teams but actually even if you're cold-hearted and don't care about this at all and you only focus on the numbers you should still care about this because they're the best teams and that's going to drive the numbers that you're looking to achieve. So um, yeah, I think it's really interesting um, to hear that. And I think you, you've made some strides in your own team, right? In terms of improving the makeup of your, your digital teams. I think it was at 30% uh, from a kind obeying of background. So um, just talk yeah. us about what you're trying to do with that and where you are now.
1: Um, I suppose I'm just trying to be open-minded, particularly in how we re- where we recruit. So in our job descriptions, um I've literally got one on my screen that I was just looking at earlier, but we don't ask for um, uh, degrees or, or qualifications, for instance. Which, you know, I'm always surprised that people still advertise jobs and say you've got to have a have a university degree, a college degree. I, like it does not make a difference to me. Um, you know, there are certain things that you get from a degree clearly but there are also things that you get from you know a lived experience working upwards through through an organization and I've got people in my team who have got university degrees and I've got people in my team who don't have them and that's absolutely fine and and I think what we really so apart from that trying to focus on a recruitment experience which is focused on questions around people's you know examples and demonstrating examples from their experience about their skills rather than just yeah listing qualifications is really really important and i hopefully it means that we can be open minded about how how people you know are able to apply and how people um you know think that it's like them i mean one of the other things that we've done is we've kind of created a mini hub on our website you know none of this is rocket science mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, we talk about the team, we've got photos of our team and our team, you know, we made sure that we've got people who look different, um, whether it's skin colour or gender or whatever. Um, Again, you know, it's that whole thing about can I imagine myself there? Well, if I see someone else that looks a bit like me, then, yeah, I can imagine myself there. So that's really important, making sure that when we have panels, we have people um, with diversity on the panel um so yeah I am really proud and if I look around our organization I think my team is probably uh one of the the, the highest with a sort of BAME uh, ethnicity the other thing that um you know we've been really lucky in the last few months is um we've also hired someone who's uh, profoundly deaf mm-hmm. um which uh know yeah, he's amazing he's a, an amazing data person and he uh has certainly made us think really differently about, for instance, how we run our team meetings because he comes along with his interpreters. Um, And, you know, I hope for him that we have made sure that his experience, uh, you know, and he's able to contribute as as much as he can. Um, But again, I think that that's really important that we are able to bring different people into the team who've got different outlooks on life or just make us think differently. Again, because we're very honest and open about who we are and where we come from and we enable that so you know he's in a couple of weeks he's going to come in and run a session for everyone about his experience of being deaf Mm. um and what that feels like and and you know hopefully we can learn from that and you know I think what we talk about is you know everyone's different somewhere you know it might not be that you can see whether we're different but we're all different so it's about celebrating those differences and, and and showing that actually using those to our advantage puts us in a better place
0: yeah that's a, that's a great story um uh there and actually it's interesting um as an aside uh claire pagano from williams f1 also who's part of our next cio co- cohort doing some amazing work um in, in much the same thing actually encouraging uh and supporting deaf and hard of hearing uh people not only within the organization but external as well so as you say some of these things are, are more visible than, than others um but it should be equally supportive uh, mm. for more, more inclusive um workforce really and actually talking of a of kind of more inclusive workforce or supporting colleagues i want to come on to that um uh, menopause policy that you've been behind recently and, and to my my eye it does seem like finally this topic is gaining some m- momentum really in terms of understanding trying to kind of almost get past the taboo a little bit so just talk Mm. us through how you're working with HR what the initiative is and again what the objective is what you're trying to get to
1: uh well what we're trying to get to is understanding that you know as a workforce we're all human we are not just numbers um and we're all going through different things at different points in our life and actually as an employer if we if we understand those and work with those, we're actually going to have better, happier people who will stay with us for longer and probably contribute more. So it's a kind of no brainer, really. And, you know, we should be doing this in all sorts of ways. Um, I think you're right. It's it's only really changed in the last couple of years. There was a big program that, you know, Davina Core was on that really opened up a lot of people's eyes on this, myself included. Um, And. You know, I think part of it is being open and honest about it. Um, I actually spoke to our on our staff meeting on World Menopause Day, which happened to be the same day a couple of weeks ago. Um, and oh, I don't know. It, I, I sort of talk about it in the way that it's it's something that affects you know more than fifty percent of our population. Like you cannot not have have something that you, you know you don't not go through this as a woman. Mm-hmm but it also affects everyone else. Like it, it, it's not that, you know, everyone's got a mother, a sister, a partner, a daughter, a friend, a colleague who is going through this at some point in their life. And, and for me, that's to not think about that and not think about the impact on people's working life when it can be really, really difficult for people. It's, it's just madness to not think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so for me, part of it is just raising awareness, Um, working with HR to make sure that we have got a menopause policy though so you know I mean policies are boring things in in essence but it means that there's something to refer to where someone wants to have a formal conversation with a line manager and to make allowances at work but for me the most important thing is just opening up um, so that other people Feel able to talk, and actually, when I talked at the meeting the other day, it, it was quite emotional. Actually, I had more comments than anyone at any staff meeting has ever had on our our chat board that we have during a staff meeting, um, and then you know, lots of people, men and women, who were just saying thank you for for opening up, thank you for sharing, thank you for talking, and you know, it, it's sad that sometimes it's only when someone who is in maybe a bit more senior position is able to you know share or be open that 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 enables other people I think it's sad that that is the the way that things go but it is the way things go so hopefully off the back of that you know we set up a a chat channel you know hopefully we'll have some more open conversations as well around that which enables people to just be like this is what I'm going through you know can you support me in that and you know it's better for everyone isn't it because you just have people who are going to feel supported who are happier who don't just get Pissed off with their job and then just go somewhere else. You know, it, it just makes sense to me. It's kind of an obvious thing that we should, should every organisation should be doing. I cannot understand mm-hmm. why people aren't doing it. Frankly, it's it's shameful. Really, mm-hmm. sorry. I'm going to go on my soapbox. <laughs> no, worries. no.
0: It, well, as you as you say again, going back to my comment of a few moments ago about even if you're very cold-hearted, again, I think that's that's another good thing for for, for business, isn't it? In in terms of encouraging people to you know to keep them happier motivated feel like they're supported within the organization um and in, in an age where we're talking about i can't find the right talent or more all my best talents leaving me maybe it's something we should be prioritizing
1: yeah, absolutely
0: <laughs> um, and then Laura, i guess my my last um serious question and i've got a couple of questions at the end to spring uh spring you with but where next for, for you and the scouts From what i've gathered that you've got a new uh data strategy i think you've, you're building out that data and insights team a new uh target operating model just a few things to keep you busy what you're kind of focused on over the next 12 months
1: Uh, oh so many things it's quite fried i try i try not to think about it too much because it's probably quite scary um so this massive volunteer experience program with the membership system and the learning system uh we're basically building all of that and rolling that out so there's a massive piece of change work uh below that uh i'm actually uh leading that uh as well so that's leading not just the digital stuff but all of the change stuff as well um so I've just taken that on recently which is a little bit scary but you know I'm sure I'll be fine um so yeah that's a really key part of our work and then the other key part of our work as you said um which I'm really excited about is the data and insights work so um something that is always been really important, and I guess unfortunately with COVID and having to be careful about budgets and funding, it was something that we deprioritized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited that we've just hired a few people and uh, building that team. Um, and you know what we're really focusing in the next year really is is yeah, what are the long term things that we need to be get just get a whole lot better at? You know our core data, what do we own, what insights can we bring from it how can we start building them back into the day-to-day operations again it's that part of that digital skills thing which is you know putting data and insights at the heart of what we do so that everyone even if you're not a, a data geek and you don't really like excel or whatever you know putting putting easy dashboards that that anyone can use to basically understand a bit more um about things and and feed it back into making decisions based on that, which is obviously a critical part of what everyone does within the digital world. But bringing that into everyone's world, I think is really important. It will make a massive difference to us. I think there's, there's potentially a lot of fundraising opportunities. There's a lot of, um, Kind of influencing opportunities you know we have a lot of conversations with government um you know if we can have much more data at our fingertips about the difference and the impact that scouts have on young people that is going to really help us with all of those sort of things so that will really help us in terms of our long-term strategic ambitions so yeah. i'm really excited about that you know the people that we've got in place are brilliant and um you know i think again they're very uh they're very much in that digital mindset, which is about let's do something quickly and then let's iterate on it. So they're already saying, oh, we think we can have some dashboards ready, you know, in the next month or two. And I'm like, yes, can't wait. Really excited. So, you yeah, know, as you can tell, that's something that, um, you know, I'm not particularly a data person, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited about what you can do with it and, and how it helps drive that whole digital way of doing things. So that's another really big thing for us.
0: Yeah fantastic and then finally Laura um short and sharp these are going to be uh <laughs> like quick fire questions a little bit out of the out the box so um my first one is you're stranded on the desert island, you can take uh three things one uh one person um what do you take?
1: Right oh that's tricky. the person is quite tricky um since I've got two kids uh I wouldn't be able to choose between them and actually they're at the age where they're sort of starting to fly the nest so I would take my partner I think he would be very upset if I if I left him at home and uh, uh yeah we do lots of stuff together so that would be really important to me um things I would take my kindle Mm-hmm. Because I do read a lot, and actually, the Kindle has changed my life when I go on holiday. And rather than taking literally a suitcase of books, I can just take my Kindle. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing would be my trainers, because I'm actually a really rubbish runner, mm-hmm. but I've taken up running regularly over the last few years. And in terms of my mental health, my outlook, hopefully my physical health a bit as well although as i said i'm very slow um it has really changed my world and it and it keeps me it keeps me stable it keeps me solid it keeps me um healthy so yeah that that would be a good balance for me
0: what's the final thing you've got one more thing you can tell oh, i didn't
1: have three things yeah. Ooh, uh, i think i might have to take some chocolate but i don't know whether that would melt on a desert island hopefully it's a warm desert island i'd find a way to keep it cool in the water i think
0: Fantastic. And then very finally, um, name one thing in, in the CIO, that people in the CIO community may not know about you. It could be anything.
1: Uh, I actually trained as a garden designer um, sort of halfway through my career. So it wasn't at the beginning of my career, um, but I kind of had a bit of a break. And actually, I really love garden and design. So I went off and did a year garden design course. Um, did contemplate completely giving up all the digital stuff um that didn't quite didn't quite make the leap and actually ironically the job that I had after that I ended up working for the Royal Horticultural Society um as their sort of head of online and doing loads of loads of great digital stuff like building an app but you know using my garden design stuff so you know it's been it's been an interesting way of of adding to what I'm already doing
0: uh, brilliant. And actually, you could say, um, if anything, as we hear a lot but at the moment, actually having that experience and translating it into that kind of digital sphere can be quite powerful. We hear that quite a lot. But Lara, we've reached the end, but I really enjoyed that conversation. So thank you so much for joining us at the SCO UK Leadership Live.
1: Thanks so much. It's been really great to chat to you.
0: Fantastic. And of course, thanks to you, our viewers, for tuning in. And we'll see you very shortly for the next session. Until then, thanks and goodbye.